Are you ready to meet with the Lord? I mean, what an incredible time to worship Him and realize there'll be a day when we'll rise, when Christ returns and we'll be gathered up with all those that love Him in the new heaven and the new earth forever. What an incredible picture of hope and guarantee and promise we have from the Lord. But today matters, right? Until that day, today matters. Because we grow in the Lord and we connect as family and we hear about the heart of God. And today is really, really special. And you'll see why in a few minutes. To really see the heart of God. But if you're here for the first time, a special welcome. On the bulletin that you're handing on the way in, on the bottom there's a tear-off. You can just fill that out. Throw that in the basket later. And then uh, stop outside. See Melissa. She's got a little bag of goodies for you. And uh, there she is. She loves what she does around here. And she'll love you. So go meet Melissa. You really do want to meet her. She can direct you and answer any questions that you have. And then yesterday, kind of before I do any other announcements, we had a special time in here um, as we celebrated the life of Gary Sala. He went to be with the Lord a week ago or so, and um, it was just an incredible event of celebration and thank you to God. And I wanted you to know that as your family, uh, the Salas are members here, and so Mary, and this is Rob's, where's Rob? Usually he's right there. (laughs) There he is. You're four rows back. That's not fair. Is Mary here? Oh, there you are. I didn't see you. Okay, so it was just a really special day, wasn't it? As, as family and the Lord lifted his name up, as you and Gary both did in your lives. And you continue now to carry on that legacy. And as a bigger family, we surround you with a lot of love and, and thanksgiving for what God did in Gary's life and that he's with him right now. And so we, we praise God for that. Uh, and keep praying for Mary and the family. And a couple things also on your bulletin. You'll see there's a Yugo mission fundraiser. We announced that last week. We're building a house in Mexico from the foundation on up. So a great way for you to get involved, just go outside. You can buy a tile, and that is part of our $5,000 target that we're going to believe in faith and raise together so we can build that house. And you can get a dinner, a Mexican dinner to drive through. You just, I don't know, it's like 10 bucks or something per person or something like that. And you drive up here at the church on that Friday night, and we just give you all your food that's prepaid, and you have a nice dinner, and you get to pray and think about this mission and you being a part of it. So that's a big deal, and that table is outside. Later, and then you'll see a number of other outreach opportunities coming up in May, a connecting point, baby dedications on Mother's Day, baptisms are coming up on the 17th, and then a great event, a dads and kids camp out. All the information is there. You can go outside to the counter and get more about that. A lot of great things going on in the name of the Lord and to spread his fame right? To spread how great God is and how much Jesus loves people. Well, this morning is really, really special. Like I said, we're going to be looking at the heart of God in a very unique way. You know, a lot of times you hear about God or you read in scripture about his character, but to really get a glimpse of what God's heart is like, you have to think of those that are most hurting in our world. And to think about how God cares for people that are marginalized and hurt and oppressed and need justice and need grace and need mercy and need forgiveness and need love and need an identity and need to be recognized and need to be rescued. Actually, that describes you and me too, doesn't it? And that's who we were and Christ came and shared his love with us and forgave us and put us into his family. But that's not the case for everyone in our world today. There are a lot of things going on in our world that... Maybe you get confused by or overwhelmed by, and you go, I don't know what to do to fix that. It's horrible. I don't even like thinking about that. I have my own struggles. And yet the Lord's heart is always to continue to open our heart to be more like him and to recognize those people that have names and lives and hurts and wounds and to do something about it. And we're going to look this morning uh, 
at a, a plight on our society and our world today called human trafficking. And as a church, we partner with a couple organizations. I'll introduce them to you in just a bit here. But we partner uh, with these organizations so that we can do our part in stopping human trafficking, sex trafficking, child labor trafficking, and to let the world know that Jesus Christ makes a difference in people that get forgotten and abused. And that's what this morning is all about. And so ask the Holy Spirit to really teach you and to make you aware of what he's doing in this world uh, and what he wants to do through his church. I'm going to share just some foundation scriptures, and then I'll introduce our guest speakers this morning. Uh, But here are a couple verses from scripture that really show you that God has a heart for love and for justice. This is Jeremiah 29, 24. But let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. It is who God is. It's not just what he does. And I bolded those words to make an impression on your heart that God has steadfast love, steadfast justice, steadfast righteousness, and he's bringing those about in the world and wants to use you and I more and more. It's who God is and what he's up to. You really want to know God? Get to know his love and his justice and his righteousness and how he wants you to bring that about in the world. There are a couple other verses. Isaiah, another prophet that spoke to God's people about what they should really be focused on in their world, in their time. The same with us in our world, in our time. Isaiah chapter 1, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. It's not just enough to know about it. It's not enough to be overwhelmed and maybe just throw up a little prayer. He says we should be seeking it, we should be correcting oppression, we should be bringing justice to the fatherless, the widows, the oppressed. And then in Psalm, we see the psalmist very clearly say, Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. They have a right to know God and be loved and have their needs taken care of. They have a right to come out of the oppression and the abuse that they're experiencing. All people share the same rights before a loving God. Those that are without the rights, who's supposed to go show that they are loved and that we care about justice and we care about the treatment that they're undergoing when it's not of God. That's you and me. And I love the fact that as you look at Scripture, you see this thread tied in, you know, the heart of God all the way through from Genesis to Revelation, most fully expressed in Christ himself. But even before Christ, how the prophets were telling the people of God, you have to care about the marginalized. You can't ignore them. You can't walk by. You can't say you love God and not be doing that. That's kind of like... Basic building blocks, foundational, kindergarten-level truth. So if we want to talk about maturity and growing up in Christ, right, it's about knowing those things and doing those things. And then we see in uh, Isaiah 58, this is crazy. They got, you know, the people of God were getting so wrapped up in, in fast and trying to impressing God with little sacrifices and not eating for a while and maybe saying the right things, doing the, the right things on the surface. But he said this through the prophet Isaiah, Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them, 
and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and spreading wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. We're supposed to pour ourselves out. You know, when the priest poured out the drink offerings on the altar of God, in the Old Testament, it was a picture of, it was a complete offering, right? That drink offering wasn't a splash, wasn't just flicking a little drop. It was the whole drink offering poured out on the altar of God because that sacrifice pleased God. And he's saying when we know and we experience and see the afflictions of our world and those that are under the yoke, the heavy yoke and tied up in the bonds, and they're not free, they're imprisoned by others or even their own sin or their lack, that we should be pouring ourselves out to meet their needs. That's pretty crazy. Complete sacrifice. Not partial, not convenient sacrifice. The whole cup poured out. Your life and my life poured out to care for those around us that are in those kind of situations. You may say, well, that, that sounds a little overdone to me. That's a little extreme. I mean, I have a life, you know. I got needs, agendas, got my own family, got a job, their expectations. Well, at the end, when uh, we stand before Christ, and everyone will, we see this parable that Jesus gives us of how he looks at us, how he looks at his creation at the end when the judgment comes. Matthew 25. Now, this is a longer passage, but you're familiar with it. But I pray it would rivet your heart right now to the truths that we're sharing. Jesus speaking, saying this, Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a sheep separates the sheep from the goats. As the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right, but the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger or welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then I will say to those on, then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. 
We want to be on the right side when we stand before God. We want to be a people that have been so changed by the love and grace and forgiveness of God that he clothed us when we were naked in our sin, when we were broken by the choices in this world, our own sin and others. We want to be those that say, you spared me and you restored me, and I need to go be a rescuer and a restorer of others. That's who I am in Christ. If it's happened in me, if he's changed my heart, that's who I am. It's not even a what I might do. It's who I am in Christ. It's who God is, right? Because he practices steadfast love and justice and righteousness. And we've been saved by that. And now he says, go, give the same from what you've received. We don't want to be on the left with the goats. Consumed with self, my health, my food and shelter, my possessions, my financial success, my identity, my popularity, the way I'm being loved by others. We need to be about understanding we receive that from the Lord and giving that to others. And then you know where the body of Christ comes in? We get to share all that with each other and build each other up. So when we go out to those that don't have anything like that, we're so full of it ourselves from each other that we're just an overflow and we splash out. We're so filled up because, like we talked about last week, we edify and we build up one another in Christ and we focus on his heart. And we're in his word each day so that his love and grace keeps getting poured on those hurtful, empty places in our life and we get filled up, right? And when you're filled up to overflowing, people can tell. You want to know how they can tell? Because you care about those that don't have any of that. Not just the one that has it, but also and especially those that don't. And you say, wow, Lord, that's a stretch for me. Well, it's a stretch for all of us. That's what this morning is about, being stirred up and stretched by the very heart of God. Who he is is going to stretch and stir us up this morning. And I am done because I want to introduce our guests this morning that are going to share the heart of God through the ministry so, uh, that, that they've founded. And so I want to bring up Shannon Sergi. Come on up. And Michael and Carol Hart. Shannon is with Forever Found. Uh, it's five years. You guys just celebrated your five-year anniversary. So just want you to meet them just by face. And they're going to come up and share in just a minute. Forever Found, a ministry that we've been embracing now for a couple years. And then Zoe, in the last year, Michael and Carol are in Thailand most of the time, but they're back for about five weeks here. And they're going to come and share their heart about what they're doing to end human trafficking and sex trafficking and how they're looking for the body of Christ to come alongside them. And we already have, and it's just going to grow, and we're going to do more for the glory of God. So we're going to see a video that we'll introduce forever from the channel. Shannon will come up and uh, share a little bit, and then Michael and Carol will come up after them. So watch this video. Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I actually, I've uh, been a long time attender of Cornerstone Seeming, so I already feel like your family. Uh, I think what Gordy said is just so inspiring to me and just has set the scene so amazing uh, for what God has shown me and what God has done through this journey uh, with the ministry that we work with. I'm not sure how much um, each of you individually are already aware of child trafficking, but even just seeing some of those initial stats, you know, that we're looking at 300,000 girls, children, boys and girls in our communities, in our uh, local areas that are at risk of being exploited right now, or, you know, 1.2 million children around the world um, that are being exploited annually. And you hear these things, and like Gordy said, it's just initially you, you either want to look away because it's just too much, it's too evil, or it's just so overwhelming. And just as we move forward, I just want to touch on some things that have helped me kind of get through that journey. Our first, like Gordy said, that we serve uh, the sovereign 
amazing, loving God of the universe. So no matter what's happening in the world, he's in control. Um, and second, that those numbers that you see, that you hear through videos, through different media that are out there, even now as child trafficking has become more of a hot topic, um, that those numbers represent actual faces, actual children, um, just like my children, just like your children, um, that it's not just this large number and this large problem that we need to, you know, creatively give time to as we can, but these are actual uh, people that we're talking about. Um, and that we can do something about it. Uh, I think it's so amazing how God can use the people uh, that it doesn't make any sense to use. Uh, we started, my husband and I launched Forever Found when we were in our early 20s. Uh, he was still a college student. We got married while he was still a student. We didn't have really any connections. We didn't have any money. Um, you know, but God doesn't need any of that. He doesn't need um he doesn't need anything. He can use all of us and our unique skills and our unique gifts. And so that's really where I was in this journey. And God began to impress upon my heart to follow his word and to reach out to the oppressed and to allow him to break my heart for what breaks his. And I started seeing um, his through his eyes all around me and trying to walk in obedience. And it was during that time that Francis Chan had come back from a conference up in Northern California and talked about child trafficking. This was about seven years ago. And my heart just broke, was shattered. Um, the first thing that I did was started researching. And I learned that human trafficking is basically the obtaining of a person through force, fraud, or coercion for one's personal gain. Our focus is specifically on child trafficking. There's different elements of human trafficking. You can deal with uh, forced labor, debt bondage, or sex trafficking. And uh, the last is what our primary focus is on with minors. And um, I learned that, you know, one of the first things you think is why? How can people do this? Well, domestically in the U.S., a uh, pimp can make about 150 to 200 thousand dollars per girl, um, and they manage about one to three at a time. So this is in you know L.A. County, Ventura County, the different counties around America. Um, worldwide, human trafficking is about a 32 billion dollar industry. So the reason why is because it, it's an economical game because there's huge demand for it, which is another thing that the church can be a part of is addressing that demand. Um, the next thing that I did was I began uh, volunteering, doing artistic workshops for girls who had been rescued here in LA, right in LA County. And you know, that was really the game changer for me. Like I was saying, it was when those numbers became faces. I remember one night we were doing this encouragement exercise with the girls where we had all of the rescued girls write their names on a box and then we had these little papers inside of the box and we passed the boxes around and each girl had to write something positive about the girl's box that they had. And then at the end, we took the girl up in the front and then my partner and I just read her the words of encouragement. Just basic words, things that our children, you know, my children, your children hear probably every day. And um, this one girl was up there and we're just telling her, you know, you're beautiful, you're precious, you're wonderfully made. And I remember her just, start, she started sobbing uncontrollably, not like a little tear, but like, you know, when you're crying, when something devastating happens and your whole body shaking, that's how she was crying. And it's just, I remember driving home that night thinking, oh my goodness, um, this is a simple, uh, not a simple, but, you know, a more basic example of the hurt that these girls feel. But to me, it was so tangible because for something like that to break a girl that much, um, it just broke my heart about thinking about what she'd gone through. I, um, I wrote a contract with God. I got on my knees and said, if, if I, um, I'll give you everything, um, I do something with my gifts. And, and I signed it and miracles began to happen. Forever Found was born. Uh, five years later today, we exist for the prevention, the rescue and the restoration of child trafficking victims. 
We work internationally and domestically. Um, internationally, it takes the form mainly through our rescue home partnerships, and primarily our focus when we first partner with a rescue home is to uh, bring kind of consistency and sustainability, but ultimately, right, we want to stop the cycle um, and prevent this from happening, especially in the localized regions. Um, one example that I kind of want to show you uh, about, tell you about this, is with our newest partner um, in Delhi. Well, it's about 100 kilometers outside of Delhi in northern India. Um, we've had the honor the last couple of years of partnering with these native-run rescue homes. So, this home, it's this couple, for example. They've lived, grown up in this village, no access to first-world uh, finances, first-world anything, and um, they just have sacrificed their lives to start rescuing these children um, that are being enslaved, um, sold for pennies, um, exploited, um, and brutalized. And they've rescued 125 children. So we united with them about a year ago, and I mean, about six months ago. And the blessing that have, are coming are amazing. For example, I want to introduce you to uh, Pooja. Um, she's a girl that we came across uh, in December of 2014, and she had been sold. She's 11 years old, and she was exploited for profit se seven times. And she was bleeding internally, and she was dying. And God's grace chose to rescue Pooja because this was after the partnership um, with this family. And due to the support of the second story and Forever Found, we were able to rescue this girl's life. God rescued her life, but we were able to play a part of it. And it's an amazing thing to be able to see that something that you and I sitting here in comfortable Moore Park or Simi Valley or wherever can literally be a part of what God's doing to change actual children's lives around the world. Um, so that's really, really, really exciting. Um, and kind of what we do with these international homes is we like to um, launch these project campaigns for to meet immediate needs like our India housing project or our clothing distribution program, which is um, another photo you'll see in a second. Uh, we're in the process of shipping 50,000 items of clothing uh, to our partners in India and to other children that are at risk in the villages around there. And what's amazing is that these retailers in America, where we're being blessed, are donating all of this top quality clothes. You can go, it's like, I think it's like two photos. Um, these top quality clothes. And we have our Indian kids, uh, oh, it's a little bit back, <laughs> are wearing them. And it's just, it's really cool to see. It's another blessing. Um, and then, yeah, this right here. And, um, Another, the last, well, one of the primary ways that we partner with our rescue homes is through individual child sponsorships. And I can't overemphasize this, um, that everybody here today, everybody here where we live has the opportunity to individually sponsor one of these rescued children. Not just, you know, a face that was, that slapped on a card so that people can feel special, but actual children that, you know, we have seen and love and care for and that have been rescued and have God has a specific plan for them. So it's amazing that for $35 a month, you can make that kind of impact. Um, our next focus is on local, prob the local problem, like I said. It's been amazing. For years, the, the climate kind of in Ventura County has been really quiet in regards to the county departments, individuals, churches fighting child trafficking in our specific areas, but God has been moving like crazy uh, over the last year, and we are really, really excited for the people whose hearts he's moving on because it is a problem right here, right here where we live in our communities. Um, just a couple years ago, I began a relationship with a girl who was actually lured um, into trafficking um, and coerced as a minor and as a, and as a virgin, and um, 
she right now is still trapped and she's in Newberry Park. And so this is a problem, this is real, it's not just something we're talking about. Um, whether it's through massage parlors or residential brothels, there's different forms that this takes locally. Um, and the more you get educated, the more you can be aware of it, but it's real. Uh, one girl, Miranda, that we had the blessing of getting to know, she was from a affluent Christian family, went to a good school in a fine community and uh, a trafficker saw her, saw that she was vulnerable because she had unbeknownst to her parents been exploited at a party um, a year or two before that. And so she had kind of gone into a state of rebellion. And he saw her, dated her for about six months, lured her away, tricked her. And then that's when um, he turned and she was trapped and she was stuck. Thankfully, our partner rescue home up in Northern California rescued her. And after about three or four years, um, she found she felt God restored her. Um, these girls are getting baptized. They're getting saved. Um, this particular girl uh, is actually an art student now at a university, so God is healing. So what? that's two of the things I want to make sure you understand is that it's real, but that there's hope and that um, you know our God is huge and that no matter what it is, he can restore and he can save that and that what we want to do is we want to be a part of that. Um, so just when you think about what's going on right here and what you can do. The reason it's important to understand stories um, like these two short ones that I just briefly shared with you to understand what the face of child trafficking looks like in our counties is so that you can do some, take some actions and have some steps, but also so you can first make sure that you or somebody you know isn't a part of the problem. Because a lot of times trafficking doesn't look like it does in the movies in our area. In internationally, it's a little bit different, but here in our community, it's, you're not gonna see somebody you know, chained up and trapped. You, I won't get into details here, but you need to learn what the face of, of it looks like here because you need to make sure that you or people you know aren't a part of the problem. The second thing would be so that you can educate your own children and a third reason would be because these girls, like I was talking about, this girl that I was sharing for at this high school that was lured away, you know, think of the impact it would be if some believers, some students, maybe some parents of students, kind of put their arms around her and loved on her in that process that she was being lured away. Because it's about a six-month process that he was dating her. So the more we're aware and the more we understand what it looks like, the more we can follow God's commands to love the vulnerable, to love the hurting. It's just, you know, it's just basic. Just like, it's all—it's so funny. We always make things so complicated, but Jesus laid it all out. You know, you love the hurting. You, you open our, we open our eyes and follow the Holy Spirit's prompting and not be so busy in our own lives that we don't see that. So that's another reason. The more we're aware, the more we we can prevent that from happening in our communities. Um, but today I just want to give you some, there's kind of a lot, <laughs> five tangible ways of something that you can do. I want to introduce you to our law enforcement program, which is something that we're really, really excited about. We've partnered with Ventura PD and are meeting with some other um, county police departments. And one of the problems in Ventura County is that there is basically no officers that are delegated um, to investigate trafficking cases in our counties and in our cities. And the reason is obviously it's always funding, and or in this case it is. And so what we're doing is we've launched a separate uh, program. And so all of the funds that come into our law enforcement program specifically are going to, to pay for existing police officers that are educated on how to investigate these trafficking cases so that they can take the time to investigate these. They are complicated cases. Domestically, oh my gosh, there's so many laws that are made to protect us and that are great, but they make the process of prosecution and rescuing sometimes more costly and more timely. And so this is a really exciting program that if you feel led to to be a part of, whether it's through a one-time donation, through monthly support, but we are so excited to see because what God can do once we have 
some officers in our county focused on this, then we are going to start seeing these victims coming out, and they're going to start being categorized as victims, and we can start getting more funding. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's you know, it's more seeing what God's going to do in the future. But it's an amazing thing to be a part of. That I'd encourage you to talk to us more about at our booth. Um, Second thing is, this year we're launching our mentor program. And right now, we are becoming more and more aware through our county partners of girls and boys of adolescents that are either at risk of being trafficked or have been trafficked um, and are currently in either group homes, in juvenile hall, or different areas um, that aren't receiving specialized care from people who know and are educated on child trafficking. So what we're launching is a mentor program and our vision is to match mentors who have been trained and educated through our certification process to these minor um, children and to just love on them basically. So if you feel um, in any way interested in that or that that would be your particular gifting, come talk to us and we can tell you more. Um, the certification process should begin sometime this year. Um, and we're, we don't need a whole lot because like I said, this is all gonna progress gradually um, together you know, with the law enforcement so that we can have more victims coming out. But what we want is to have these mentors ready to match with these victims, to walk alongside them and show them Christ's love um, as our county starts to reach out to these kids in our communities. Uh, another thing is that second story. How many people here have heard of second story? Yay. Um, they need, we need some household items, um, some decor, and uh, volunteers. So come see our booth and uh, sign up and talk, get more information about volunteering and um, gather your home nice decor items and home goods and bring them over to Second Story. Uh, another thing is, like I said, sponsoring one of these children. This is real. This is tangible. Um, you can communicate with your child, love on your child, and most importantly, pray for your child. Uh, so talk to us about that. Come look at their faces. Um, come see See for yourself um, their eyes and, and just how precious they are. And uh, the other thing I wanted to invite you to is what I'm really, really excited about for our five-year anniversary. God has opened up an amazing door um, on October 3rd for our benefit dinner. It's our five-year anniversary, and he's opened up a door at the Ronald Reagan Library. So we're going to be having it there. Um, and I don't know how, how he did he, Well, I know how he did it, but it's amazing. We're very, very excited, and we hope that all of you can be there. This would be a great first step to kind of get more educated because we're going to be able to go into more depth about the amazing things God's been doing. Um, and just in closing, I just wanted to uh, just say kind of off of what Gordy was saying. There was one, one of the first time I was in Africa. I remember we were driving through on a bus um, and through the villages, and I saw this little girl selling potatoes on the side of the road. She's maybe like five or something. We went to our home. We were there all day. And I was thinking in my head, oh, my gosh, that's so sad. This little five-year-old girl doesn't have a child that she's sitting on the, on the side of the road selling potatoes. We drove back, and she was still there. So she had to have been there all day trying to sell potatoes to make money for her family. And I was in the bus with some awesome godly people, you know, and everything inside of your brain says, oh, my gosh, like, who am I? Like, I can't do anything for this girl. Or if someone was going to, if something should be done, then someone else who's more qualified would do it, right? I'm with these, I'm driving with these amazing men of God and women of God. Like, someone would stop and do something if it was supposed to happen. And I, you have all these thoughts, but I felt God tell me about the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's like something you hear your whole life, you know what I mean? Like, oh, don't walk by, you know, but you hear it over and over again. But it's like so hard to internalize it. You know, God wasn't, Jesus wasn't just saying, don't walk by, you know, dying people on the road. He was saying, don't walk by these specific needs and assume that someone else is going to do it. And I remember just driving by and, and saying, you know, stop the van, stop the van, because I, you know, had to do something or whatever. And for whatever reason, God used that to teach 
that situation to teach me that it's not for the next person to do. It's not for someone more qualified to do, you know, to keep our eyes open and do exactly what God's calling us to, starting with our own lives, our repentance and and surrender to God and then following through with reaching out to the oppressed. So find out, come talk to us at our booth. Thank you for having us. Thank you to Gordy and to all of you for partnering with us. Um, It's an honor and a privilege. um, And thank you for having us today. And now we're going to have a video that will introduce Zoe International, and then Michael and Carol Hart will come up and share with us. Can you hear me now? There we go. Good morning. We're so excited to be here. Thank you, Pastor Gordy, for all your support and uh, just helping us. And really just you guys having a heart for this issue. And uh, as our video showed, that we are called to reach every person and rescue every child. And, you know, as you were sharing this morning, Pastor, about, you know, God's heart for justice, uh, it reminded me of a scripture in Isaiah. Let me get out my scripture here. Jesus was talking. uh, Actually, I'm going to quote from uh, Luke chapter 4. Jesus said, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Human trafficking has a lot of captives, doesn't it? And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But notice in these verses that first Jesus said that he is called to preach the gospel to the poor. Did you know that the gospel is the solution to every person's problem on earth? How many believe that? How many believe that Jesus is the answer to every problem in society? All these problems that are out there is because of sin. And, and you know, men are just driven to do these evil, horrible things. And so what we found is that we must first go and preach the gospel. So that's our first calling, is to go and reach every person with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's the root problem of all these issues. God called us to go to Thailand. Thailand is right in the part of the world that that has very few Christians. There's only 1% Christians there. And about 75% of Thai people have never even heard the gospel. And so we go into many, many villages and we share the Lord. And a lot of these are the same villages that, you know, kids are being trafficked from. In fact, God laid it on our heart to uh, raise up a Bible school full-time, as the video showed. And why is that? Because Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we're trying to increase the amount of laborers, not just missionaries. You know, it's awesome all the missionaries are going and doing great things for God, but we need to train up the, the nationals. See, they, they're the ones that have the heart for their own people, and that's what we do is we, we have a lot of Thai staff. We train up a lot of Thai people to go out and, and you know, rescue children, go out, preach the gospel. So... Uh, We've trained them to not only just, you know, learn theology and and understand the Word of God, but to really have a heart of of action, to go out, and they do a whole lot of outreaches. I'm going to end by just sharing one quick story so you see how this works. Uh, One time our Bible school went out on an outreach, and they wanted to go to some unreached villages that had never heard the gospel. These are the same kind of villages that traffickers prey upon because they're just simple farmers, naive people. 
And that's where a lot of these uh, victims come from. So anyway, they heard about this village that had thrown rocks at Christians because they just didn't want to hear about Jesus. But they prayed about it, and they felt the Lord said, go. And it was a five-hour journey by foot. You couldn't get there by car, by motorcycle. So they climbed and climbed to the top of this mountain where this village was. And in fact, some of the girls were crying. They said it was so difficult. But they got there to do the will of God, and they began to preach the gospel and share and sing songs and do dramas. But nobody paid them attention. They would all kind of go back into their huts, except for one little girl kept coming up, and she you know, wanted to hear what they were saying, and her mom kept pulling her back, and finally the little girl said, Mom, please let me just hear what they're sharing, and their mom said, Okay, and the team said to the mom, Can we pray for her because she was blind? And they prayed for her, and God healed that little girl right on the spot, did a mighty miracle, and the news quickly got out to the rest of the villagers, and they all started coming out of their huts going, what happened, what happened? And that day, they preached the gospel, and many people came to Christ. Praise God. So the gospel is the answer to every problem, and here's my wife. Thank you. Our second, Michael just shared our first objective, which is to share Jesus, because honestly, that is our 100% motivation and passion is we're crazy in love with Jesus. And that's why we're doing what we do. So that's number one. Our second objective has always been over the over a decade is to rescue children in danger, in particular to help end the human trafficking of children and also to participate in the orphan crisis in our generation. What does that look like for Zoe? Uh, we do prevention, rescue, and restoration as well, all three components. And I, we realize it is a global epidemic and it is a huge crisis that we're responsible for because it's happening in our generation and it's overwhelming. But ha having worked in this field, uh, in the trenches, boots on the ground, I'm telling you, we're telling you that God has an answer and he is the solution long-term to beat this crisis, to end the trafficking of human beings. And the body of Christ is his hands and feet. Uh, what does it look like for rescue? I can remember a little girl that was on the auction block to be sold. She was a virgin. And we work with local and federal law enforcement as well as we partner with our U.S. Trafficking and Persons State Department. And we did the rescue of this little virgin girl. But in that brothel, we found another little girl, a minor. And they were both both of them we brought to our safe house. We were concerned about housing both of them together because one had been sold and tortured for, met for a while where the other one was still a virgin. But we housed them in the same room and after two weeks of journeying at Zoe, you know, when you have God in your life, they're gonna see God. They're gonna see and smell and taste and experience what God's like through our lives. And so after two weeks, that both the girls wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord. And for us, we'll rescue kids all day long, whether they become Christians or not. But you and I know that you're not gonna be okay without Jesus, not on this planet, not on this earth, no way. He is the answer, he is life. And so uh, they received Jesus, we gave them their first Bible, they read their Bible, they were consumed. Assuming God's words. And after
after about a couple weeks of that, the girl who was not a virgin, we were very concerned she was going to get angry and say, what took so long for someone to find me and rescue me? Why did I have to go through that? Sure enough, after a couple weeks, she was shaking and crying and walking back and forth on one of the balconies. She was so angry. And when we got to her, she said, what took so long for someone to find me and tell me about Jesus? We said, what? She said, I, 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 all my life, I lived, is this it? Is this life? Is this it? I didn't know where I came from. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't have any hope. You're Christians, right? What takes so long for you to tell the story, the truth? She didn't care about her earthly rescue. All she wanted to talk about was her eternal rescue. Her earthly rescue was dung to her compared to making Jesus the Lord and master of her life. Now she knew she was going to be okay. Now she knew where she came from and where she was going after she died. For us, that's why we exist. I'm telling you, even though it's an incredible cause and crisis to give our lives for and to die for, really, behind all of that, for us, is that we want Jesus to be known. There are an unreached people group out there, and that's child slaves who just don't know that they have a savior beyond this earth life and during this earth life. Another story in our restoration, just real quick, I remember a story about a little boy. You know, 50% of the victims we find are boys. And they're, uh, they're almost sometimes more brutal to these little boys than the girls that we find. And this little boy, we were prepping for trial. And he had to face his accusers in Thai uh, courtrooms. And uh, the traffickers who had bought him and used him as a sex slave. And as uh, we were prepping him for trial, the court appointed him to go to a Buddhist psychologist. And that psychologist laid before this little boy pictures of disasters, about 14, 15 pictures. And they were real disasters. The first one was a bridge blown out, and there was a man there who was injured and a pregnant woman and another guy. And so each picture was like that. Psychologist said, I want you to look at this picture and just make up a story. Tell us what you, tell me what you see there. Just make it up. And so the little boy said, okay, so don't tell you the truth. Yeah, just make up a story. So he said, well, and he's a very creative little boy, could run an empire. And he said, well, I'll tell you exactly what happened. There was a disaster, and this guy right here, he's a Christian. These two were married, and they didn't have a good marriage. Well, that guy preached the gospel to these two, and they all got saved, and they lived happily ever after. And now their marriage is really good. He moved on to the second one. He said, well, see, this guy right here, he's a Christian. He preached the gospel to all these people, and they got saved, and they lived happily ever after. And he went down the row to all these about the fifth one, and the psychologist said, that's really 
really good. She loved Jesus. But she, he doesn't have to be in every one of these pictures. And she's, he's a Buddhist psychologist, you know. And so uh, he said, I understand. And he went on. The rest of them, in every picture, somebody was a Christian who preached the gospel and they lived happily ever after. He said, this is the reason why. They wanted to know what was inside that little boy and if he was a viable witness. That little boy said there, he cannot remember one good thing that has ever happened in his life before Jesus. You see, he's a fixer because men are fixers. He's just a little fixer. And the little fixer was making, solving the problem, fixing it. And to him, Jesus fixes what's wrong. And so what was coming, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And for that little boy, it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus that fixes life. That's what it looks like. We're ordinary. Listen, I'm Japanese-American. Mike's a white guy, you know, mixed white guy. And so it would be super nice in what we do for me to be a ninja. I mean, that'd just be awesome, super helpful. I, people say I'm a ninja turtle. That's about as good as it gets. And, and, and it would be helpful. But you know what? I don't need to be supernatural because I serve a supernatural God. I can just be a natural girl that serves a supernatural God and just we're just available. Whatever skill you have, whatever talent you have, however much intellect you have, whatever brilliance you have to offer, you're ordinary. Whatever ordinary you have to offer, he'll take it. He'll take it and he will use it and he'll put his super on your natural and we're good to go. So we, Pastor Gordy, Cornerstone, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for partnering with Zoe. Listen, everything that you heard today and what you're going to, the last video you're going to see, we can't do it without your family. It's impossible. It's impossible. We're little missionaries. We, there's nothing we can do without your help. So I want you to know, don't sit there and be guilty. Don't you feel guilty because when you give your tithes and offerings to this church, this is where it goes. So we are a manifestation of where your money you put in every week. We're a manifestation of what you give towards. Same thing with Forever Found. So thank you, sir. It's pretty overwhelming. The love of God is pretty overwhelming. Why well, care that much about a six-year-old little girl in the jungle of Thailand? Because God cares. Why well, care so much about that girl in Newbury Park? Because God cares. Why sacrifice more? Why pour your life out for the marginalized and oppressed and the hungry and the afflicted and those that are in bondage and in chains, some literally? Because God cares. And I love what you guys shared today. Just absolutely was blown away. And it represents the heart of God. And that's what I hope you saw today, is you saw the heart of God. You saw it lived out in very real terms. And you saw normal people, Carol, <laughs> you made me laugh. You know, the natural with the super, the super love of God, the supernatural on all of us. I'd say pretty much everyone in this room is just natural. But we're supernatural because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And... Uh, if you know Christ, I can't imagine that you're not being stirred right now to do something. And your giving surely does do something. But if you'd like to take a step more than that, um, 
Both Forever Found's booth and Zoe's booth is outside, and they'll be out there to greet you and answer questions. Lots of ways. You probably heard a half a dozen or more ways to get involved. And things that you can do that are just practical and every day. Some of you are going to demand to get on a plane and go to Thailand to see that home. Talk to them, okay? Some of you are going to demand to be a part of Forever Found. I will get over to that store and see me and help. And some of you are going to say, give me five orphans. Give me one orphan. Give me one child that's been rescued and I want to help. Um, I got to be part of a benefit dinner. I got to be, I got to do, I got to do something, Lord. I can't do everything. We know that. So often the enemy lies to us and confuses us because we think, oh, huge problem and I can't do everything so I will do nothing? No, we can do something for sure. And then you just put that something in the hands of the Lord and see him multiply it. That's what these guys did. They put their lives in the hands of the Lord and they said, Lord, just we're natural, just who we are. But then the Lord just multiplied his heart through their lives. And uh, so I encourage you to really pray deeply about what you've heard today. Take the steps that the Lord wants you to just to be praying for these guys to get on their, their mailing list. Um, their website is so full of information and things that will help you with your awareness and all the stuff that continues to come through the year so you can keep tying in and being a part of the solution of what God's going to do through these ministries. Pretty awesome. I'm going to have these guys come up and uh, we're going to pray for them. So would you guys join me? Praise God for you guys. You should be proud of these guys getting close, nice and close, all of us. Because they're family. They're your brothers and sisters, and we are proud of them, right? Because they stir us up. And God's going to continue to use us as a big family and as a team. Would you guys pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you for first loving us, for Jesus being on a mission to rescue me, coming to heal the blind, to release the captive, Lord, to bring your justice and righteousness to those that are oppressed and under the control of the enemy in this world and are being brutalized in one way or another, Lord, and haven't yet understood who you are. Lord, thanks that we are a part of this process to help introduce Jesus and his healing and his love and his forgiveness to them. Lord, I pray that every one of us would listen to your Holy Spirit as to the part we should play and can play in the future. And Lord, that it matters Every prayer, every penny, every effort matters. May we be a church together that pours it all out for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the afflicted and the oppressed and the hungry and the naked and the exploited. Lord, that they truly would have this incredible joy of knowing you, knowing you now and having your strength and healing now and forevermore. Thank you, Lord, for this partnership. And I pray you'd bless it in amazing ways beyond our imagination because we put it in your hands again and ourselves. In Jesus' powerful name and all God's people said, amen. amen. We love you guys. Thanks so much for sharing today.